Now back to Fitness Fanatics on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. All right. Welcome back in to the Fitness Fanatics. We're so glad that you decided to join us here on this Sunday morning. Uh, it's going to be a beautiful day here in Lincoln, Nebraska. Sun's out. It's going to be in the 60s. Um, now, I know the 60s for our guest is, is probably like parka weather, sweatshirts, yeah. <laughs> coats, snow pants, snowshoes. Um, but here in, in Nebraska, it's like flip-flops, tank tops, short weather. Mm-hmm. Hardcore. Yes, yes. How are you, Callie? I'm great. How are y'all? Good, good, good. y'all. You can tell that our guest is from the south <laughs> because even when she we were messaging back and forth, she messaged me a y'all. So that kind of tells you. A, a lot of y'alls, a lot of fixing twos. I'm <laughs> fixing to do this. So. <laughs> All right. Well, Callie is, Callie just won. $10,000 from Farrell's yeah. and from Lance Farrell. I believe she was awarded this in January. Yeah, she kind of earned. The end of, she earned. She didn't right. win. Yeah. She earned yeah. $10,000, which is so awesome. So we wanted to have her come on because she has a an amazing transformation story. Um, so we love on this show having different guests on that, you know, not that have just done Farrell's, but have done other things that have changed their life and help inspire and motivate others. That's kind of what our goal is behind Fitness Fanatics. So mm-hmm. we thought, well, who better to come on than somebody who <laughs> had an amazing transformation story. So I appreciate you taking your time to come on and join us. So thanks for having me. I'm excited. Good, good. Um, we have a great story and we're excited to share it with our listeners and, and, um, everybody that's tuning in. So we kind of wanted to start Callie just to get to know you a little bit, um, kind of your background, go back to like growing up high school. Were you into fitness? Did you play sports? Like kind of what was your pre Farrell's fitness background when you were younger, even pre adulthood? Um, I played sports. I, I dabbled in sports, um, from elementary school through high school. I was a cheerleader volleyball until it was obvious I wasn't going to grow over five, two, um, which I think I stopped growing somewhere in junior high. So everybody <laughs> kept going and I didn't, um, it made it a little harder. I did track and field. Um, but my, my, my sport was softball. I loved playing softball. Um, but kind of, you know, when high school was over all that organized sports, I, I stopped, um, and then kind of here and there in the gym, like going to box gym, get on an elliptical for about 20 minutes sporadically, maybe like once every three weeks. And um, that was kind of, that was it for a really long time. Um, until probably my early thirties when I got engaged and, um, like every bride, I wanted to look amazing for my wedding. Mm-hmm. So, um, I ran, I started running, um, and it's funny, you mentioned like Texas weather, it is hot and humid here, like 10 months out of the year. Um, so there was a gym, a YMCA across the street from my work that had an indoor track. So that was the, literally the only reason I picked up running because it was climate control. <laughs> so <laughs> I would do that on my lunch break. I did it for about five or, or six months. And then once the wedding was over, I was like done and um, like regularly <laughs> scheduled program, like I jumped right back into like not doing anything. So um, kind of sporadic, really. I mean, I enjoy sports. I enjoy watching sports, but um, I would say I'd been very um, unathletic since high school. Okay. 
So <clears throat> when, okay, so we want to do a little backstory, like, because I know every guest that we've had on that's had, like, amazing transformations. And Nicole and I have had our moments where, you know, it's like that one moment where it's like, oh, my gosh. The wake-up call or the, yeah. Yes. yeah. Like, the rock bottom. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> Sometimes. So, yeah. like, my, my wake-up call was <clears throat> being 30 years old and being denied life insurance because I was in such bad health. So that was my like, okay, uh, I'm in trouble here. Like Mm -hmm. I need to do something. So that's why I decided to join Farrell's. So give us a little background on, you know, the year, two years leading up to when you decided to join Farrell's. I know in your story, you know, COVID's in there. So kind of take us back to, you know, all all of that time before um, you started your 10 week challenge journey with Farrell's. So before the 10, my first 10 week challenge, it really was like rewind 13 months. And, um, I was, I'm a later in life mama. So my last son, my um, second child, I was 41 when I had him. Um, which first of all, if no one's ever been through that fun, every doctor appointment, they like to remind you you're a geriatric pregnancy. So it's like in the back of my mind, I'm like, I'm the old lady who's not going to be able to, to get back in shape. Um, but then I had, so I had a plan, like hearing that for like almost 10 months. I'm like, you know, I can't with my first pregnancy. Um, I gained like twice the recommended amount of weight. I was a celebration of eating whatever the heck I wanted Mm -hmm. and was super hard to lose the weight. Um, and my kids are about almost five years, um, apart. So I really thought about it. I'm going to do something different this time. It'll be different. Um, and so I had my son at 41, February, 2020. And if anybody remembers mm. those dates, you know, oh what's God. coming. Oh, yes. We, yes, we know what's coming. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, so it was six weeks postpartum. So two weeks before I was supposed to start back to work, we all went into lockdown. Mm-hmm. And so all the well laid plans, I mean, we didn't even have a way, like a plan to like how we were going to take care of our kids. I mean, they were going to be in school and in daycare. I was going to go back to work. Now that's even on its ear. People can't come and help us. Like my mom couldn't even come and stay with us to help us. So we were, um, my husband and I work from home with an infant and a five-year-old and indefinitely. I mean, because if you remember back then, we didn't know, is it a week? Is it a month? Is it a year? You don't know how long it's going to be like that. So, um, So we went into very deep survival mode, just like every day was just to get from like in the morning to at night. And then the next day was the same thing. So we didn't have a long term plan. Um, and to help, I see now the things that we did that we thought would, would be helpful ended up becoming really bad crutches. But one of those, we brought like the chair down, the, the chair I was going to, that was in the nursery, we brought it down to our bedroom. And literally I ended up sitting in that chair probably 22 hours a day doing everything from that chair. Like I ate, I rocked the baby in that chair. He slept in that chair. I slept in that chair. When I went back to work and work from home, I set up a, a desk in front of me and I was literally working from that chair. So, um, and when I say 22 hours a day, that is generous. Like I barely moved because mm-hmm. my husband being super helpful, he would bring things to me like mm-hmm. bottles and, and food. So I was only getting up and moving a couple of feet a day. And, mm-hmm. um, and again, you not knowing how long that was going to last, it became the normal um, without us even, it just kind of became the normal. And then when like the world opened back up and the kids were able to go to school and go to daycare, I was still in that chair. I didn't know how to get out of that chair because it became my normal thing. Um, and so I did that for about 13 months and there were things leading. I mean, you say your, your moment, there were like moments right. leading up to that, where that hint of, Hey, you need to get out of this chair. 
Um, things have gotten really bad. But, um, you know, like my son started calling it mama's chair. Like he would come home from school and I could hear him. Is mama in her chair? And it mm. just felt away um, hearing that. Um, you still have still, the chair? I do. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so funny. Lance Farrell asked me, like, what are you going to do with the chair? Uh, are you going to burn it? Are you going to keep it and put like a plaque around it? What are you going to do? And I said, mm-hmm. I think eventually, obviously, we'll have to get rid of it. But for now, it's a good reminder mm-hmm. sitting. It's in the living yeah, room now. Absolutely. I didn't get it out of our room so i don't see it anymore but mm-hmm. um it's sitting in the middle of the living room um but you know those little things being said but i was in a um i've worked at the same company for about 17 years and um you know when we went to work from home like turn your cameras on so you can see each other but i didn't because it was just wasn't in love with myself um and i was in a meeting with someone and we were just talking work i mean nothing outside of work but I guess my tone was a certain way. And since we'd worked together so long, I'm usually upbeat and positive. And I guess, you know, when I talked to um, him about it now, he was just like, you know, there was something in your voice. He said, hey, we have this gym and I think maybe you should just come in. It's down the street from you and just check it out. Um, and I'm too polite to be like, no, I'm good um, because I definitely didn't want to. I mean, I couldn't even figure out how to like get out of the chair and like walk around the house. I definitely didn't um, want to go to a gym. Um, in front of other people and sort of, you know, admit where I was. So I said yes, because out of politeness, um, and I think I dodged the first class I was supposed to go to, uh, like it, it came and went, like, I yeah. think I, I texted him and his wife, like, oh, you know, something came up, nothing came up, I was sitting in a chair. So I mean, so <laughs> like something came up, I'll, I'll postpone it. But in between that week of like postponing it, and the next class that was supposed to roll around, um, my five-year-old um, told me, he's like, mommy, why don't you play with me anymore? And it took me back because I was like, I'm literally connected at the hip with you kids. Like, what do you mean I don't play with you? And then I really thought about it. I'm like, I'm not moving when I'm with them. Like, I will be in the the playroom with them and just sit and they play around me. And sometimes they crawl on me, but I'm not engaging. And he had seen it. And now I have this other newborn who's going to grow up. And that's just going to be as normal, that mommy doesn't move. Mommy doesn't Mm. play. Um, and then my oldest will have known the difference. Eventually he'll forget and mommy will just, you know, be the mommy that sits on the sidelines. And that is never the person or the mother I wanted to be. Um, so I was like heartbroken when he said that. So, okay, I'm not going to postpone this next, um, outing at the gym. I'm going to go, I'm just going to go and see if this will help. Um, and sort of the rest is history after that. Um, I mean, it was the, it was the moment, the sort of rock bottom moment where I was like, this has gotten really bad. Um, and then. Um, I tell people this all the time. If you want to change yourself, you have to be prepared to be humbled a whole lot, like over and over and over again. Um, and you have to take it in a very positive way because you can't change what you're not going to be very transparent. Mm-hmm. Um, right. you know, if you're lying to yourself, how can you change anything? So you have to be willing to take those moments, look at them, feel them for what they are, feel them for the disappointment, and the sadness. And for me, it was a lot of defeat. I just felt defeated. Um, feel it. And then just move on like okay i'm gonna i'm gonna do my best to not ever get in this place again but that next couple of weeks was it was a whole lot of humility there was just a whole lot of humility coming at me so did mm-hmm. you just go in like for and just, just try out a class before the 10-week challenge started yes yeah, so i went in probably i think a week maybe two weeks before the the mm-hmm. actually no it was three weeks because it was the last week of the previous 10 week challenge mm. um and then the two week downtime and then it was the the start of the two week challenge um and i actually <laughs> ended up gaining like three pounds between the first scan and then my beginning yeah. of my two week challenge <laughs> because i had this mentality and it's so funny i look back now i'm like girl what were you doing 
but uh, I had this mentality of the last meal. You oh, know? I think like, everybody I, does that. Uh, yeah, I think like 90% <laughs> yeah. of people that start the 10-week challenge are like, okay, I'm weighing in on <laughs> right. Thursday, so what am I going to tear it up on Wednesday? It's your last meal. Yeah. yeah last I know, meal. Yeah. and it's the thing is like you don't realize, like, I mean, <laughs> you're still going to eat delicious, but you're going to yeah. find things you love, and it's still, I mean, it's not the last anything. No. But, um, but I think really, that's like, human like, nature. It's human nature. It, mm-hmm. It's the unknown, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, so definitely three pounds worth of the unknown. Um, but mm-hmm. I, I went in, and in my mind, I was going to try the class. I was already kind of set, and I'm probably not going to love this, but at least I tried, and then I'll go and, and find something else that'll work for me because I'd never kickboxed before, and I'd never done strength training before. Um, and so I, I expected it to be hard. Um, and I remember sitting in the parking lot before the class started, just giving myself a pep up talk, just get out of the car. You don't ever have to do this again. You just go in and do the class, say thank you and leave. I mean, you don't, I mean, that's literally what got me in the door. Mm-hmm. Like it's just the one time. Um, and so go in and I did my body scan. Um, and that was the second point of extreme humility because I knew what I weighed. Like I'd, I have a, a scale at home. But um, when I saw the percentage of body fat, I was just like, I think I started crying. Like it was, it was bad. It was almost 47% body fat. I was, I was telling somebody the other day, I'm like, I was like one supersized like hamburger meal mm-hmm. away from 50%, like half of my body yeah. being yeah. body fat. And um, the visual of that, when I saw it come on the screen was just, it was kind of devastating knowing that I was carrying that around and that's what I was doing to myself. Um, and that's when I, I, I kind of made the switch of maybe this isn't just the one class and leave. Like maybe I can't afford for this to be the one class and leave right. um, situation. And that was in the back of my mind. The whole first class um, was like, I, you know, you're you are 47 percent body fat. Keep moving like you can't stop. Um, I did stop though in the first class. And got, I had to go to the restroom. I like, put water on my face. I mean, I had gone <laughs> from like not moving mm-hmm. to like standing at this bag and in my mind, I think I was like Muhammad Ali. I was out there like killing it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm sure if you taped me playing it back, I was like moving in slow motion. Um, <laughs> but I had not moved. So it was like a real extreme amount of energy for me mm-hmm. to do that. Um, but I told myself, I'm not going to be the first person they call 911 on who gets comp- like, you know, <laughs> out of here and given oxygen. Like I'm right. going to, I'm going to rebound. Um, and that was actually my first win is that I went out and I finished the class. And so um, it was my my absolute first one. And I, re- I remember it vividly. And I tell myself I told myself that every time it was really hard to get up and go every time it was a difficult class. I'm like, you know, I survived the first one. I could survive mm-hmm. this like this is this will be nothing compared to that. And it's, it was very much true that first class was always the hardest. Um, And even when Mm -hmm. I really, like we do really crazy things and we really push ourselves, um, it's still never as bad as that first one. Mm -hmm. Well, I think think that story relates to 90% of the people that start at Farrell's. Like, oh, what can I say to get out of it? I don't want to go. Like I have on my phone, like everybody that asks about Farrell's. Hundreds of texts. Hundreds of texts Mm -hmm. of like, people just i mean it's it's crazy yeah. you'll You're, talk to them for two years they'll be texting you every years. 10 week session before they sign up so it's yes yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah. absolutely everybody has absolutely. yeah we have that anxiety of like oh my gosh what to expect um well we're gonna we're gonna take a break because mm-hmm. we want we don't want to get into like the feral's journey until the top of the hour so mm-hmm. when we come back we're gonna talk a little sports with you Yay. favorite mm-hmm. nfl team 
and how you became a fan of that team. All right. So think okay. on that. We're going to come back with Callie here in just a few minutes on 93.7 The Ticket. You're listening to the Fitness Fanatics.